as we have said a number of times throughout this podcast series, I'm going to start over you because we sirens. are getting sirens. Got the sirens going. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> got the window open so we don't get COVID, but instead we're just getting the take two. Getting the sirens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. podcast. This mini-series is titled, How to Spiritually Survive a Global Pandemic. And the whole goal of this podcast uh, is to create a space for you all and a place for you all to find encouragement, camaraderie, and practical steps for spiritual growth. And we have been off to a great start. Our first podcast, if you have listened to them, if you remember, we interviewed Taylor Hansen, our Director of Children's Ministries, And she just helped us think through how this pandemic has affected uh, parents with small children. And also on our second podcast, we interviewed Pastor John Lambeth and Mika Forsyth, one of the students in our student ministries, and they help us get a better understanding of how the pandemic has affected middle and high school students. Our last one we had, our last podcast was with Nigel Pierre and Becky Corset. Nigel is our director for middle school discipleship, and Becky is our ministry associate for family ministries, and both of them are single and really helped us think through how this is affecting singles. I'm excited today to welcome Pam and Eric Redman to our podcast. Pam and Eric are both on staff here at Calvary. Pam working with our women's ministries, our director of women's ministries, and Eric is pastor for preaching and teaching here at Calvary, and so excited to have them. They are empty nesters, and so it'd be interesting just to get their perspective on how the pandemic has affected them as they have children outside of the home now, uh, and also just their own lives and their vocations, and so excited to have them here. So we are continuing this conversation with are excited to have them, and Pastor Gerald is with us also. Welcome, Pastor Gerald. Thank you. Good to be here. I am now going to hand it off to you to begin our interview, so tag, you're it. Eric and Pam, great to have you guys with us uh, this time around. I thought we would uh, get going, uh, maybe uh, kick this to you, Pam, but if you could just give us a little bit about your guys' family context, uh, just you know, who are we listening to? Most of uh, Calvary folk, of course, know who you are, but there might be a few folks listening who don't know you or maybe don't know your root guys real well. So uh, talk to us a little bit about family context, where you're living, the whole nine yards. Sure. Uh, Eric and I live in Brookfield, Illinois. We're just in a suburb. Uh, we're just a little south, a village mm-hmm. a little south of Oak Park. Uh, as you mentioned, we are empty nesters. We are parents of five children. Um, we have uh, they age and range from 28 years old all the way down to almost 20. Um, and most of them do not live here in the Chicago area. Uh, three are east and south of here. And then we have two that live here in the Chicagoland area. So we're not close 
to, uh, you know, the majority of our, our family. We're not close to our oldest is a lawyer, uh, litigation with intellectual property. The next one uh, works for ARP and public relations. Uh, Candace, as I mentioned, she is a student at Concordia who's taking a year break. Um, she lives in River Forest, and our son Calvin uh, is in his senior year of college at Virginia State. And Codell lives in the Chicago Land area uh, and is working and also uh, finishing up some school. So that's everybody. There we go. All right, great. And so now you did miss uh, you missed a couple of other uh, living species that are in your home, though, that I know are important <laughs> to you guys. Yeah, and they often join our meetings. Yeah, our staff meetings on Zoom. They often make an appearance. <laughs> yes, that's true. We have uh, two. Uh, well, we've always been a dog family. Let me start with that. We've always had. I think even from about 15 years ago, we've always been a house that has a. We've had as few as one dog, as many as three at a time, and right now we we have two poodles that are two and one year old. So, yeah. So now, <laughs> and, I, and I hope I'm not talking out of turn, but I, you, you're not grandparents, I know, but I think it sounded like there's a possibility you might be doggy grandparents uh, before too much longer. <laughs> that so. is correct. We have yeah. to figure that out. Um, <laughs> so we'll know for certain in about a week or two, but uh yeah. So everyone hold off sending the congratulation cards until we <laughs> get some more clarity, but that's good. Well, good. Yeah. Thanks. Good to have you guys joining us. And of course, um, we've been trying to work through this uh, podcast series, kind of hitting the different stages and seasons of life as this pandemic has affected, I think, folks differently depending on what season of life you're in. And so you guys are kind of holding the uh, the empty nester uh, category of life. And, um, uh, so talk to us a little bit, maybe Eric, you can jump in here. Um, you're on staff, of course, at Calvary, both of you, but Eric, you also teach, uh, your professor of Bible at Moody. So maybe you can bring some of that in, but talk to us a little bit about what it's been like living kind of day to day through this, uh, these months of COVID. So in the beginning, when we went into a pandemic quarantine, there was this very rapid change in routine in which, oh, no, I'm not going downtown at all anymore uh, to work. We're not coming over to Calvary for work. Both Pam and I, of course, are in high-risk categories in multiple ways. So we immediately have to say, well, now we're setting up shop at home, and that included some rearranging of things in the house, including rearranging the time schedule, the times that I was getting up uh, before so that I could catch trains and go downtown, that changed. But some good things came out of it too, including not being caught in that in an afternoon traffic uh, debacle huh. and getting home much later than I used to. I'm now uh, much earlier at home, in fact, because I have accommodations. I, I, work home two days a week rather than even going downtown uh, four days a week to go to the the classes. So I'm, I'm here three days and I'm downtown uh, for two days. That allows us to see each other um, a lot more. But we also had to figure out what to do now that we're spending a lot more time in the house and also 
do not have as much social interaction, whereas at first there were limits that were placed by the state or the, the city. But then it just became, okay, even without those limits, we have to be cautious. So, you know, we got some backyard invitations. We made some, allowed people to, to stay here just so we could stay in touch. We found one local restaurant here about a mile from us that on Fridays we could go there and we could sit outside and invite people to come and sit with us and either have dinner or dessert. It took a little more uh, creativity to figure out uh, what to do. But day to day, we we immediately went into, okay, how do we go into managing new space, new routine, new time, time schedule? And the Lord has been gracious to us to help us work it out in a way that we're not climbing all over each other, falling over each uh, other in a bad way, not tired of seeing each other here all the time together, <laughs> but also able to get all of our work done. That's good. That's good. Pam, you, you weren't working full time like Eric. Uh, and, and how has it impacted you? Uh, like what's changed for you? Well, in the beginning, uh, <clears throat> because I run women's, uh, we were having in-person meetings on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And it took a minute for us to switch gears to uh, take those presentations, the teaching time and all that online and to get organized doing that in an online format. Uh, my small group leaders were great and being flexible with that. Um, and just, um, you know, my teachers too. And, uh, you know, trying to navigate, okay, we've got to get some of our teaching done ahead of time so that We'll have the time to upload because we really hadn't done that before and we we didn't know how much time it was going to take, but we wanted to kind of be as consistent as we could be. So, so that added actually to the time I was spending uh, on women's ministry things, but, um, you know, that, that wasn't per se a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was kind of a good way to kind of talk to the ladies too and see where they were and how they were feeling about their various areas of being quarantined, you know, was a great shepherding opportunity. Um, but, uh, my dogs are very happy that, uh, <laughs> that happened because, you know, with it, with the quarantine happening in the spring and then going through the summer, you know, you just want to get out you know, and enjoy the nice weather, which is so short a season here in the Chicago area. So a lot of walks. I mean, we've done a lot of walking in our neighborhood. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of been a good thing um, just to get out and walk. And, you know, some of our neighbors here, we've, you know, gotten with them in their yards and, you know, done, you know, fire pit time, you know, and uh, two of our neighbors on our street have actually set up chairs out front on their lawn so we can all sit out, you know, and have conversations in the evening. So community, you know, time has been has been good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we've noticed that, too, in our neighborhood quite a bit with especially in the spring coming out of the initial months of the quarantine. I mean, it's lots of people walking um, mm -hmm. far more than uh, than normal and lots of even families out for walks, which was uh, 
you know, kind of one of the upsides, if you can find an upside of a, a global pandemic. But Yeah, Pam, I was thinking, even though you have like, a, you know, all of us have particular life stages that we're in and we experience it, you know, the pandemic ourselves in our own life stage. But what's interesting for you and, and maybe for many of us as staff, but I, I think it's interesting with you with uh, providing leadership for our women's ministry, you've had an opportunity in some ways to kind of vicariously experience how the pandemic has affected women of a variety of stages, you know, so the women's yeah. ministry have, you know, whether singles or women's ministry have women with young children or, or also empty nesters or women with, you know, kids in middle school, high school. So even though you're, we all have our own particular, you know, stage of life we're in as likely you too. And so, but you have an opportunity to kind of vicariously experience the pandemic in a variety of ways because of all the stages of life women are in in the women's ministry. And so I'm just curious, like, how would you speak to that? And what has that revealed, you know, about your ministry and how have you had to adjust and things like that? Well, uh, there have been some things that I've noticed. I think that everyone who is an extrovert, it's known that they're an extrovert now <laughs> because they're actually probably struggling a little bit more um, than some introverts that are involved in the ministry. Um, I've really felt a heart tug for women who have children that are in a learning stage. Um, I just remember that being a particularly difficult stage of life when my kids were younger and uh, it's difficult without it being a pandemic, you know? And so to, uh, to see how they're going to take on even more to do when, you know, a lot of women involved in the ministry, uh, whether they're coming just for teaching or whatever, I, I, they're women that are very involved already in a lot of volunteer areas, um, in their households. And so to now say, you know, that the teaching piece or, you know, the, the, or even just the occupation of the children over the summer without camp and things like that. I, I, yeah, I was really, uh, you know, just feeling a lot of vicarious stress, I guess, for, for women there. And now that we've started up in the fall, you know, we've started back up, you know, meeting after a summer break. Uh, I've noticed that the demographic of people with smaller children uh, in particular, there's a lot of them missing, you mm. know, yeah. where the whole a large part of the ministry demographically has been women with, you know, particularly small children. But I, I can imagine that doing a Zoom call, you know, with children, you know, or doing a small group Zoom call rather, you know, and the study, you know, it's very difficult for them. And so that's kind of a, a shift that I've noticed. But I've also noticed that the general attendance of women in the group is really steady. Um, I've noticed that that connection, wanting that connection every week is something that it seems that a lot of women really are looking forward to. And I think it speaks to, you know, meeting needs there. So I'm encouraged, um, to see that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah no, that is good. That's cool. I mean, you've done a, 
uh, put a little plug in here. Um, just a great job providing resources on our website for the women's ministry. Um, so if you're um, connected or not connected to our women's ministry and you're listening in, just encourage you to go to our women's pay, women's ministry page. It's, you've done a great job providing resources there, and the, the book you guys are doing is is a great book. So anyways. So that kind of uh, kind of uh, kicked from there into our next uh, next question, but um, you, you kind of get at it a little bit, Pam, you were speaking to it. But, you know, for, for both of you, what what do spiritual disciplines look like for you guys in this season? And um, even if there's not like if, if it's not had to change any, just like what are you guys doing for spiritual disciplines during this time? So my personal routine, I suspect Pam will say the same thing. My personal routine has not changed with keeping my mornings, the first part of it, for my prayer routine and for time to listen to uh, my scriptures on on audio and think my way through them. Uh, and that routine went with my routine for travel to uh, work also. And I added something into uh, my formation this year that Pam had had in previous years, we're both part of the second year fellows class with the C.S. Lewis Institute in Chicago, and that has us doing intensive readings in theology and writing one small paper monthly, but reflecting individually. Pam and I are doing it uh, together, and then also we each have a separate triad that acts like our own small group. Pam has one of all women. I have one of a man that we meet with for discussion and reflection. And then we meet once a month with the entire second year fellows uh, class. And that has been good uh, for us to have during the pandemic. It gives us some connectedness and also a very intentional way of making sure we're staying focused on our spiritual formation and not becoming disconnected because we have so much freedom. And then we also are in a small group uh, through through Calvary, and our a small group meets every other week or we meet second and fourth. And our small group, we've been meeting uh, probably two years now. There have been some additions. Some uh, people have departed and gone other places, uh, but we have uh, some of us that have been here on the whole journey, and so we have a really good uh, gel and commitment to one another in our uh, group, and that's also been uh, very helpful for us to pray together with others who are right here at Calvary and to read with them and to go back and forth and have discussions on growth with them to see what's going on in their children's lives, our children's lives, or for the singles in our group, their individual lives. And that has also been helpful. So our routine so much hasn't changed except the addition that we did uh, in there. But staying conscious of the need for our routine is very important, especially in our Sunday morning practice, since we're not getting up, throwing clothes on, actually coming into a building. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. And you, for your uh, small group, are you guys doing Zoom or did you do uh, pers- like in-person meetings during the summer or what, what's been your rhythm there? No, we're still doing 
uh, Zoom, we have met with some of our members individually in our backyard or someone else's uh, backyard or someone's front yard. Uh, but there has been no, the whole small group is going to meet uh, together. But again, individual members of the small group have yeah. chosen to meet at, at, at different times. But the Zoom environment has uh, worked for us. And we found a time that works for people in our small group who have smaller children and need to get into their routines uh, earlier. And for those of us that have more flex- flexibility. So that has been good for us. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I, I, we're doing ours, I'm doing a men's group as well and we do uh, a morning group. And so we've been doing it, uh, zoom as well. And, uh, it's not, you know, it's not perfect, but it's certainly better than not meeting at all. And, uh, so if anyone's out there listening and, and, uh, thinking, oh, you know, zoom small group, is just too hard. It's, it's not great, but it's, but it's good, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our small group, uh, we did zoom for a while, obviously. And then during the summer we started doing in person. Um, and we'll see how it goes yeah. kind of going into this next season. But yeah. Yeah. It, it works for our group, except that our, our group, we, we lovingly joke that we also center ourselves around eating uh, chips and salsa together. <laughs> and, you know, we have not been eating chips and salsa individually in our zoom uh, environment, but that was just something that characterized our group, a little small thing that also brought us together. <laughs> That's funny. We, we have some people in our group that have dietary restrictions and we somehow landed on the fact that corn chips are gluten-free and no matter what kind of <laughs> diet restriction, everybody, everyone can do corn chips. Them. So That's why we've had them. I think every meeting that we've had, <laughs> it's a true yeah. community food. Um, would you, I mean, I'm thinking here of folks at Calvary, but maybe even beyond, I mean, is your sense from what you kind of just hear on the street, as it were, that uh, folks in your stage of life are having generally the same sort of kind of experiences that you guys are having? Or what are, what are you hearing that you might want to add that, that would be kind of typical for folks in your stage of life, even if you're not experiencing it? Well, I know that one of the things that that I can remember from the early days of COVID was uh, I remember one of my daughters saying, we're not going to get it. You know, we're just not going to get it because it doesn't affect young people. Remember they, they were saying that right, yeah. there hot minute and it was kind of a relief for me, but then, you know, COVID interestingly, they started locking the, the country down and it, they kind of started on the West. They started in New York, of course, but our daughter was in California when it started. And early, early on, she was saying things like, we can't travel, you know, we can't travel. And one thing that Eric and I really do like to do is travel. And so she was <laughs> saying, you know, you can't travel. And that was really you know, rubbing me wrong. And as one uh, woman in one of the small groups I'm a part of now, she says that mother that I gave birth to, you know, I mean, our kids (laughs) have become really uh, protective of us and things that we do and, and trying to say, um, you can't go out, you can't do this. You can't do that because it's really, you know, we're worried about you. And then at the same time, 
I was thinking when my daughter was saying, don't travel and you're hearing, you know, when they don't live near you and you're hearing about how bad COVID numbers are, where your kids live, um, that's, that's a little scary. You know, that's a challenge. And um, so I'd say, just going back to the spiritual disciplines piece, I think I spent a lot more time praying for my family um, at the various places that they are. Um, I mean, yes, doing things to build myself up, but just my prayer life has changed um, in terms of, you know, I just, I found myself praying that they would be safe from COVID, but also that they would keep their jobs. You know, my, my two oldest are just starting in their careers. And by God's grace, uh, they have not, you know, been unemployed. Um, you know, they've kept the the positions that they had. And so, um, you know, that's something uh, that I've considered, but also just, you know, a concern for their safety. I know that other parents have, you know, gotten the COVID test so that they can be with their families and do the travel and all. And so, um, you know, I think that's, probably more typical of what a lot of empty nesters are doing. Like we're going to help um, with our children that have kids. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, on staff Taylor, even that she went to be, you know, with her parents uh, in Virginia beach. And, you know, I know some parents are doing that, but I'd say that our experience is probably a little different in that because none of my kids are, are married or in relationships with anyone. They don't have any children. You know, there's no grandchildren, as you mentioned, on the scene. And so that hasn't been as pressing a concern, you know, to try and go and be with our children, you know. Um, yeah, but, no, that's, that's that, and I'm thinking of uh, another, someone close to you guys, a season of life who has, uh, whose kids have kids. And uh, mm-hmm. that's been, Part of the challenge there is, you know, I, I like when if your kids are more uh, like are, are taking the you know more precautions and therefore uh, are nervous about grandparents coming to see the babies, uh, you know. So then, like, so that's been a challenge I know for some uh, for some of our folks here at Calvary. It's like, I'd love to see my grandkids, but my, my kids won't let me come unless I quarantine for two weeks. And, you know, it's before the tests were available. And so, you know, so it, it, that can be a challenge there too, when you, you kind of bring in the dynamics of the, of the kids. And then if they have kids, you know, that's another element too. So yeah, no, that's, there's a whole, for real, the children, that or the parent that we gave birth to. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. I'm liking that phrase. Yeah. That's hilarious. They're very um, eager to protect both themselves and us. And right. it's a good thing. It makes you feel good because you feel like, okay, they love me. They don't want anything to happen to me. But at the same time, it, it can be frustrating because, you know, you really want to see them you know, and it's like, well, what can we do to navigate this? Um, I mentioned the, you know, our middle daughter, Chloe, she actually did work out a plan. Um, she's single and can has been telecommuting, and so she can telecommute from anywhere. So she did get on a plane and come here. She planned a surprise for me, and so she did come and stay with us 
for over a month, um, which was great. It was great to spend time with her. But I remember we had a conversation about the holidays coming Mm. and what we were going to do about it. And she said, Mom, it doesn't make sense. How do you do it? If you travel from one place to another and you can pick it up on the plane, you either have to go quarantine when you do get together at least long enough to get a test and get the results of that test. And by the time you do that, the holidays is about over, you know. And she said, I just don't see how we're going to be able to be together, you know, for the holiday unless we do some extensive plan for like a couple weeks prior. So that's been a unique yeah. challenge. I, yeah, no, that, be- that is, that is, I mean, that when you've got all your kids in your house living with you, you don't, you don't have to worry about that, but trying to get together for a two day, three day right. Thanksgiving holiday, you know, when you need six days of travel and quarantine and test time right. in there. I mean, that's like either everybody's taking two weeks for vacation or they're not doing it. I mean, that's, um, and especially yeah. when, uh, you know, if all of, as an empty nester, all of your kids are, you know, spread out. And I think it's been an interesting kind of, I don't know if this would be a common theme um, in the empty nester stage with this pandemic, but I, I know, so I don't know what it's like to be an empty nester. I have three kids at home. I do know what it's like as a parent to grow in learning how to parent a being that you have less and less control over. <laughs> so I don't have yeah. the same amount of control of Isaac, Noah, and Lily that I had, you know, 10 years ago. Um, they're not empty nester, or they're, I'm not an empty nester, and they're not out of the house. Um, but I do know that I, like, feel that transition, right, at, at you know, having a high school son. And um, it's just interesting how I feel like your guys' experience as empty nesters is so much having to think about how this impacts other people, whether it's the people you're ministering to, or Eric, your students you're teaching, Pam, the women you're ministering to, or as we're just even referring to now, your own, you know, children. And so, so much of the pandemic is affected by concern about people you can't control like you did at one point when everyone was little and at home. And that must be a whole, you know, common theme for you all and just a very unique way to experience this pandemic yeah i would say it affects us both with the adult children as you said johnny and um for me when you're talking about young adults or people my children's ages it does affect the way i serve the students on campus i'm watching people my children's age and i'm watching as they wrestle through this challenge where there's many aspects of their maturing that are being challenged in a great way. They were not ready for anything like this. They looked forward to college. They looked forward to graduation. Some of them didn't get their high school graduations. They looked forward to what they had heard about dorm life and what Mm. campus life would be like. And and now it's so different. And many (laughs) of them are only experiencing Zoom and they were not prepared for the sort of mental and emotional challenge that this pandemic has uh, presented, even figuring out how best to serve them. Mm. Um, and how, how do I not just, just teach them, but guide them in the, the way of Christ uh, through this while trying to maintain proper social distancing from them. So they don't affect me. Um, 
it, it, it has been a great challenge. Yeah. Speaking of challenges, you know, the, the whole pandemic has caused a lot of anxiety, uh, for folks, depression for other folks, uh, just the uncertainty, the fear of it. You know, when you, you, you think Pam, you're, uh, leading our women's ministry, you know, Eric, you, uh, in pastoral ministry here at Calvary preaching for us and doing kind of just general pastoral work. And then your work at Moody, but how would you guys, how do you guys personally fight against anxiety, fear, uh, like on one hand or like exhaustion and fatigue on the other that's kind of related to this pandemic. And then out of that, how would you give advice to folks about how to navigate some of those uh, negative feelings? Uh, I would, one of the things that we have done, I mean, just, I would say the fear factor in particular as it has to do with our children, we established kind of early on that we would do a Zoom call as a family once a week. Mm. Um, and, and that's been really good. Um, we, we have been trying to Zoom with as many kids as are available um, at on Wednesday nights is really when we've been doing it. And we've been Zooming with as many kids as are free at a particular time and with Eric's parents. Um, and that's a whole nother aspect that we haven't talked about is just how to care for the older parents that we have, even though we're empty nesters, yeah. you know, our parents are still living and that's been a unique challenge in and of itself. But mm. we, you know, we Zoom, uh, with his parents and with as many kids as possible. And then we always try to pray with them, or pray all together, you know, before we get off the call. But mm -hmm. what it does, it helps us to see what they're into. We can ask them what kinds of things they're doing. You know, they don't have to listen if we have advice to give, but we do have an opportunity to, you know, talk yeah, right. about their behaviors and, you know, what kinds of things they're doing themselves, you know, to navigate and we get to pray together, which has been yeah. a precious time. And it's also been good on the weeks that maybe we got busy and we lost track of time to get a text or something from one of the kids saying, Hey, are we meeting tonight? You know, like it's something that they have enjoyed and, and are looking forward to also that that's been uh, a really good time. Just knowing that we can still, even though we're in various places, pray over our kids and, uh, you know, pray with them and for them. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, prayer is a big thing. I mean, yeah. there's just a lot of opportunities to pray. And we didn't talk about this, but the stage that we are means that I am at a particular stage. And part of my stage of life <laughs> means that, you know, I'm not sleeping that well all the time. Sometimes with the, you know, with all the sitting and the zooming and whatever, you know, yeah, you have opportunities to walk and work out or whatever, but you know, there are times when, you know, you're not able to sleep and just taking that time to, you know, not just go online and play Scrabble, which I've done also, but, uh, <laughs> but to actually <laughs> take some of that time to, you know, to be in prayer or, you know, if you have a particular, um, spiritual question you know those are opportunities to look up stuff in the scriptures and actually uh you know plug in 
you know, yeah. uh, when you have a little bit of, of extra time. So Eric, would you uh, add, would you add anything to that? Just like combating fear, anxiety, uh, you know, exhaustion, fatigue. Yeah. Combating exhaustion and fatigue is the harder part. I was speaking with mm. Chloe today as I was driving home and cautioning her about the season about of which we're about to enter where we're seeing third wave coronavirus come and we're watching all of our institutions shut down again, bars closing, restaurants closing. You're not going to be able to do something like ice skate, I said to this morning. And so we're going to be confined to our small uh, spaces again. I cautioned Chloe and said, please make sure you're giving attention to your mental and emotional health, that if there are opportunities for you to meet people social of social distance in those environments, do so so you have some contact with people. Make sure you're talking to people via Zoom or your FaceTime or whatever. Make sure you're getting more rest because you're going to need more rest. You're going to feel more exhausted or you're going to feel much more uh, tired. Watch your disciplines. Uh, in there and don't let them fall 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 off because you can go into depression very quickly by being so isolated and having our routine so far from what we called normal and what we really expected to have as normal and all those expectations have been uh, smashed. So I um, I'm not so much having a problem with uh, anger. There's just been um, a lot of you know, laughing at ourselves and not taking ourselves too seriously that is necessary to get through this pandemic. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's sometimes it's hard to not take yourself and your situation too seriously. Sometimes you need to, but I think that's a good, that's a good word of, of, uh, just kind of for all seasons of life is, uh, not taking yourself too seriously. Um, if I could add just one yeah. piece of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I would say um, just make sure if you are angry that you're acknowledging that and you're talking through it because yeah. there are times even here when as 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 much as we've tried to maintain really smooth routines and stuff, um, I think I mentioned this when we had staff meeting the last time, we had some rhythms to our life for we know from the routines that we keep that there are certain times of year that are really busy when we want a break and October just happens to be one of those times. We used to take breaks in October to yep. do like weekend away or something like that. And we used to do the same thing in February. Um, and so Eric and I've had some pretty crazy conversations about, you know, just like, okay, when are you going to take a break and when are we mm-hmm. going to, break out of COVID routine, you know, for a minute, because it seems like the work day, even though Eric is not commuting, it is longer because he's converting all these things that he used to be able to just stand up and say to the Zoom environment, to the digital environment, so that the students can have digital copies of things that he used to just have just for himself, but he's got to reproduce in a way that he can present in a zoom environment and that conversion is a big time commitment. And so 
you know, there have been times when I've said, okay, I know we're here together and I know you're working hard all the time. And, you know, I'm trying to do something similar, but we still have to set boundaries and say, just because work is here in the house, there's times when work needs to be over. You know, there's times when we have to carve out and say, this is the time that we're going to, you know, relax. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good point. Cause I think as, as many people have moved, uh, their work into their homes, some of the home work boundary lines can get blurred yeah. up, you know, and, uh, you're right. You know, it's, you think you're saving all this time cause you're not commuting to work, but you find yourself, you're like, you're doing your work at seven, eight o'clock at night. Cause it's like right there. Right. And you know, you, you know, <laughs> so yeah, keeping those boundaries, that's, that's a good, that's a good word. That's an important word. All right. We're getting uh, to the end of our time. So we would do a lightning round at the end of each of these uh, podcasts, kind of how this has worked out. So I got three questions uh, for you and uh, you kind of don't need to take too long in answering them, but just give me your kind of off the top of your head answers. But um, Eric and Pam, uh, Eric, you can start. What piece of normalcy do you miss the most? The piece of normalcy I miss the most is being able to travel on the trains and use public oh. transportation, actually, because I didn't have to drive and I could just hop on, get work done, or just relax when I'm, when I'm coming home, collect my thoughts in there. And I've missed it a lot more. And for me, that also yielded walking from union to work. And so there was an exercise routine I had that I've had to do in another way now that we've gone to this. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Pam, how about you? Uh, I'd say mine is travel related to it's flying home safely and on a dime. Like I mm. just feel like I so we're not able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So question two, what changes or change are you most thankful for during this season? Okay, so I would say the slower pace. And I know you, you've heard me say this before, Gerald. The pandemic is probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it is her fault. Because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like my life was going pretty fast, and I felt stressed. And I and The Lord was saying, like, let's just slow the entire world down for Pam. Yeah, for Pam. stop for the world Pam. for a minute. I would like to take a little break. So I, I'm thankful for the slower pace. Okay. Um, I don't know that it can be maintained for very much longer, but slower That's pace. Good. Good. Eric, yeah. how about you? I would think that what I'm thankful for is that the pandemic has shown me just how human and frail I am and show me my need to dump some things off my plate. And Pam has been very gracious in that, helping me to do that and to say, no to things that would be good things, but um, with the all the changes that have occurred because we've had to adjust to this envir environment, I just have learned, you know, I should have been saying no to a lot more. And so it's been good to develop that, that practice and see, wow, I really was kind of overloaded there. Oh, that's good. Okay, and then uh, last question, uh, Eric, you can take it, and then Pam, you can finish this out. How has Jesus made himself known to you in this season? I've been reminded that God is gracious, and what has helped me to see this is as I serve as my students, 
I've watched them try to plow through the pandemic and think to themselves, I should be able to handle this better. And as soon as I hear that language, I tell them, that doesn't sound like the grace of God to me. That sounds like self-effort. And I've recognized that many people, and I have to be careful of it, want to just plow, plow through and think, nothing should change here. And what we're showing is that we're not relying on the grace of God. We're thinking that we have the ability within ourselves. And so I just get constant reminders, rely on grace, rely mm-hmm. on grace. That's good. Pam, how about you? Um, I, I would say that um, Jesus has made himself known in the body of mm-hmm. Christ. I, I think that's your heart going out when you hear someone in your community has COVID or um, even just care of people that are that are my friends, maybe that I haven't talked to as much, and just how much we take for granted uh, our relationships, and just how, particularly in the body, I mean, believers, Christians, I've, just how that there's so much love there, um, and so much. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed my interactions with people that, you know, you have time to actually have a real conversation with now, and you can go deep, and you can talk about the Lord together, and you can talk about, you know, what God is doing in your lives. You know, people have more time to actually um, share, you know, yeah. on our friendship with you um, during this time, so... So yeah, that's great. Great, thanks, guys. Super uh, having you on today. Thanks for having us on today, Gerald and Johnny. Yeah, of yep. course. Thank you guys uh, so much for being willing to take the time. And I was just thinking uh, as we were kind of wrapping things up here. I hope everyone listening in is really appreciated to hear from our different staff members. We even just this week in our staff meeting took some time. Um, to kind of put the regular business to the side or just do it really quick at the beginning and just do a check-in and see how everyone is doing and just really appreciate hearing from each of our staff members in our staff meeting about how life is going for them right now. And, and I take for granted just those uh, close relationships we have. And sometimes you all, as you listen in, don't get a window into all of our lives like that. And so I hope this has given you all just a little bit of a window into our lives and how we are kind of working through the pandemic. We feel very much like you all. Uh, and we all have our highs and lows throughout this season. And again, super thankful for Eric and Pam uh, for joining in. I, I think I said this in the trailer, but one of the blessings I have uh, in working with Pam is an opportunity to ask someone who's just a little ahead of me in the parenting phases of life to run things by her and see how it sounds. And she can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And uh, so that's always a huge blessing. And um, anyways, so again, thank you guys for joining. And thank you all for listening into our uh, next episode here. Uh, This brings our first mini-series to a close, and that is how to spiritually survive a global pandemic. So super thankful for each of our staff members for being willing to join in. We have a couple more series coming up that we're super excited about. We have a missions focus one uh, that Pastor Manfred and Caroline uh, will be guiding us through. 
And then after the new year, we're actually going to be doing a series on just hearing different stories from people in our congregation, which I will be leading and really excited to be a part of. We'll be doing something like uh, giving someone an hour to get us from birth to present. And so really excited to hear a variety of people's stories in our congregation. I think that'll be super encouraging uh, for us all. Again, uh, if you have a minute extra after listening to this, we love it when you give us uh, some reviews on our podcast and let us know what you're appreciating about it. And so if you have a moment, do that. We would love to hear from you. Thank you again. This brings our first mini-series to a close. And Pastor Gerald, thank you for giving guidance and leadership on this series. And there's a ton of behind-the-work scene that Caroline Whitman's doing, so big shout-out to her also. All right, Eric and Pam, thank you, guys. Hey, thanks, guys. No problem.